You're listening to Out of Office, a weekly podcast where we ditch our nine to five personas and we talk about life as young black professionals. We'll talk about our journeys in corporate, life outside of work, and what's happening in culture. We're going to unpack it all. And I'm Jay, a down-to-earth Southern belle, marketer for some of your fave brands, and low-key, I'm an aspiring rapper. You know, the people, they be calling me Jay Mills. (laughs) True story. And I'm Ness, an Afro-Latina from New York, a purpose-driven marketer, and your fave hype woman. You already know I'm a hype you. So pull up and vibe with us if you want realness, relatability, and laughs. This is Out of Office. Welcome, y'all. It's your girl, Ness. And it's your girl, Jay. And welcome to Out of Office, where we keep it real after work. So today we have just such an exciting episode. It's called New Money. Hey. New Money. And we have a very, very, very special guest who is also a good friend of Jay and myself. So Jay, you know what we do with the bios. Take it away. Uh, Wait till y'all hear this. You know what? I just, everyone that comes on the show, they're just so (laughs) esteemed. It's just like, am I even doing enough? Like every time they just get better and better and better. But today we have Miss Ashley. And Ashley is a finance professional holding a wide variety of experiences across the finance realm. Okay. Okay. She's a consultant by day where she's really helping companies align their holistic finance strategy goals. Not not the, not the, you know, mid one, the holistic. The The holistic. And the thing is it gets better because this is just what she does by day. Continuing her passion to make finance accessible for everyone. What she do by night? What she do by night? She's a whole founder. She's a CEO. She's a founder of Ashley Advising Agency, where her main passion is to equip and empower individuals to take charge of their finances. It's the LLC for me. It's the generational wealth building. It's the coaching. <laughs> it's everything for me. It's where the money resides for Ashley. Okay. It's that's just what it is. But through her vast experiences, Ashley's passion lies in learning the ins and outs of the finance world to then bring the knowledge back to her community. She wants to empower the people of color, the specifically knowledge. the black people. We're trying to empower and equip. <laughs> she's educated she holds both a master's and a bachelor's wow mastered it mm-hmm. mastered she's done so much and we're still at a bachelor's here it's giving black wall street <laughs> but she holds in her master's and her bachelor's degree are in finance and honey i could barely make it through finance and undergrad so getting a master's commend you commend you but she is a um she got her bachelor's at the university of florida and her master's at the university of michigan and she is from okay, right. the 305. We have a city girl with us today. <laughs> we got a gator girl and a Ross mommy, okay? <laughs> and a city girl. Like, how are all those things in one? But she is a native of Miami, Florida. Florida, And in her free time, she enjoys traveling and spending quality time with friends, family, Surge. Welcome, Miss Ashley, to Out of Office. Woo! Wow, it's the intro. It's really the intro for me. <laughs> I'm so excited because Ashley, what y'all don't know about Ashley is like, she is, you know, these people in your life that you'd be like, you just need to be a viral meme because <laughs> of their facial expressions. Like, that is Ashley. Like, so 
just an incredible individual, an esteemed professional, a financial professional, the perfect person to talk about new money, which is what we're going to talk about today. You know, how to get your money in check, relationships with money, etc. But Ashley, before we even get into all that, just say hi to the people. Let us know what else is about you that's not in your bio. Hey, y'all. I mean, honestly, y'all really did it up with that bio. I don't know what, what more the folks would like to know. Um, well, you moved to Mini, like, after. I did. I moved to Minnesota after undergrad, which is where I met these lovely ladies. Um, and we all, you know, lived through those freezing cold temperatures. I don't know if <laughs> the listeners are familiar with Minnesota, but ooh, child. And we all made it out, so glory be to God. But um... and we all left. We all left around the same time. Actually, I remember we were texting each other at the start of the pandemic. Like, I mean, we don't really know what's going to happen, but I'm not planning to go back. And this was all before right. anybody was even talking about remote work. I said, I'm creating this for myself. They may I not am know doing this whether I am allowed or not. Or whether I am creating, <laughs> we're pioneers with everything that we do. Right. 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 But nah, I mean, Minnesota was a good time. Honestly, met amazing people like y'all. So it's a really, although it was on one end very difficult, it also was <laughs> a great blessing in and of itself. But um, back in Florida now, so I'm happy about that. Um, yes. Yeah. Would you say part of the reason why you moved was like because of money and because of bread? Like, no, I moved mainly for family, especially after the year we had, and just you know, I I. Uh, came back home during COVID and was just working remote and I'm just like the life that I'm living here is so much more fulfilling being mm, able yeah. to drive to family in Miami oh um, I meant move to Minnesota like that I mean it's a oh, you go back home oh yeah, yeah 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 the move to Minnesota <laughs> was all about money yes yeah <laughs> money so and that, experience because that's the reason why I love it. Let's move there. <laughs> right. It wasn't because, I mean, like, yeah, we moved there for jobs. Let's be real. Like, we weren't dying to go to Minnesota. But right. I think that, um, you know, the reason of moving to Minnesota and our jobs is a good way for us to kind of segue into today's conversation, which is talking about just managing finances as young professionals. Like, yeah. coming out of college, we were getting these nice signing bonuses. Obviously, they were really nice to make us move from Florida, New York, and North Carolina to the middle of freaking Minnesota. Um, and <laughs> yes, that signing bonus, that reload, that everything. And so then, like, you know, once we are working adults, we have a lot of bills. We have a lot of new things to start thinking about like 401k stocks investing people buying houses it's just a lot happening around us that maybe we weren't necessarily even privy to in college okay. or growing up um so i think for us having this conversation it's just really important because a lot of times there's such a huge gap when it comes yeah. to financial literacy within the black community. And yeah. once we get to these places in corporate America and we're making all of this money, what do we do now? A lot of us experiencing, you know, money like this for the first time. Yeah. So that's really like why we want to have this conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so with that being said, I think that's a great kind of intro for this conversation. Um, I want to ask everybody kind of a roundtable question, but I want to start with Ashley because obviously you're our special guest. Um, what is kind of like your relationship with money? And when did you, I guess, like, what is that influenced by in terms of your upbringing or your life trajectory? And kind of when did you discover, 
I guess that passion that you have now, now that you have your own business, specifically around financial advisory and all that, you can also plug your business. Um, I just want to know, what's your relationship with money? Yeah, so I think it's kind of twofold. So kind of thinking in retrospect where I came from, um, you know, I grew up in a single parent household, low income, first generation college student, um, public housing, just kind of a lot of the things that you have to do to survive. My mom came from Haiti when she was young. And right, right. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, a lot of that, a lot of my relationship with money stemmed from lack, um, Mm. not having growing up. And and one thing, and I actually realized this as I got older, I never felt like I didn't have money until I understood how much money there was out in the world Mm. to have. Um, Growing up, you know, I did all-star cheerleading, which was really expensive. Me too. I did all the field trips and activities that like were offered at school and stuff, whether it was because my mom found a way to get the money or I was selling candy at school or, you know, different things like, girl, I sold bubbles in kindergarten and candy in high school. I did not play. It's the entrepreneurial child for me. (laughs) It's the bubbles for me. (laughs) No, but like a large part of my, my, you know, my money mindset came from not having growing up. Mm. And my mom used to tell me a story. I don't remember it, but I came home from Trinity to practice one day. I was in high school and I came home and our water was off. And I was, and I, you know, you come home from school, especially extracurriculars, you trying to come home, take a shower, relax. So I yeah. come home ready to take a shower and the water's off. And I apparently, I don't remember it, but I was like, oh my God, we are poor. And I stormed out the house mm. and like went to a community pool area that had a shower or whatever. But, um, needless to say that moment and like moments like that I think really drove my mindset of never wanting to get back to that type of place Mm. so I think my upbringing has a lot to do with it and then thinking in the future knowing how I want to live I don't want to have the constraints that lack of money can cause you um like for me I work right now because I want to take the money that I make and mm-hmm. invest it and use it in ways that allows me to have a work optional life yes. in the next 5, 10, 15 years. You know, yes. I, I want to be able to enjoy my work. So whether I'm staying in corporate or I'm doing a passion project, I want it to be an option, not out of obligation because I need the money. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That's, exactly. oh my God. Like, I love that. My response, she already said it. But <laughs> I, I feel as though, Ashley, I mean, obviously we talk so much, but I don't know if I knew that you did all-star cheerleading and our backgrounds being so similar in the way that we grew up and like just our relationship with money. So I was like, yes and amen to everything that you said. But um, I think for me, it very much is around growing up without and not having a lot having to, you know, worry about things that I probably shouldn't even have known about at such a young age, because I was so close with my mom and seeing how she was navigating our finances. Um, But for me, I would say, again, I didn't necessarily know that we didn't have a lot of money. And looking at me, you wouldn't know that either because we weren't stepping out looking like we didn't have anything but behind closed doors it was very much we are making it paycheck to paycheck and we're trying to figure it out in between Mm. um and I think now that I'm older I spend money on the things that I value but I'm also very like kind of 
stingy with money because I'm afraid of not having it mm, again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recall just like a few times and I love my mom to death and she did every single thing she could to the best of her abilities, abilities to be able to provide for me. But it would just be times where I know it was like the time of the month for, you know, the bills to be due and like having to see um, my mom maybe go into the negative or go into the red at the bank because she just doesn't have it. But these bills have to be paid or seeing her trying to support me and my passions um, by letting me do extracurriculars that may have really been a strain on her, but still trying to make it happen. So having to pick up extra jobs. So for me, a lot of the things around my goals when it comes to money is I just want to do everything to the benefit of the next generation and making sure that they don't have to experience what I had to experience. Um, And so it's like work optional, but I think the thing about money is when you are able, I don't value money in the sense that like money is everything, but I do value the freedom that you have when you have enough money, you know, like, yes, yes. It's like, I want to be able to take my children on family vacations every single year. I want my children to feel like they could ask me for whatever it is within reason. And I don't have to struggle to figure that out. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Though that is the end goal for me, there is still this huge gap because growing up without money, we were not having conversations at the dinner table about stocks and investing and right. what you should real estate. None of that. Like that is right. all new to me yeah. within probably the last two to three years because of just the circles I'm in and the people that I know. Yeah, um, new money, new money, new money, literally like we are changing the trajectory yeah. and um, I think a lot, you will hear a lot within the black community. A lot of our goals are around lack. Yeah. I just want to say, first of all, shout out to us for being generational curse breakers. Okay. Oh. It starts with us, um, and financial, you know, wealth builders. Um, so I just love what y'all shared and I resonate with it. And before I kind of share my piece, um, I said, I was in this like financial literacy session where, this question was asked and kind of like the way um, the person explained it was like, this is your financial DNA. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of our relationship with money stems with what we learned about money as kids. So it's just crazy that y'all bring up these experiences young in life because that really does influence the way you think about money as an adult. And so for me, um, I've always kind of been in an interesting space where my family, again, migrated here from the U.S. So it's all like work hard, work hard, work hard so you can have the money to send your kids to a good school. Or, you know, it's like the value is always kind of use money as an enabler to unlock more. Mm -hmm. And so I also grew up in a single parent household. I would say relatively middle class. Like my mom was working a corporate job, but she was also supporting an entire family and feeding a family with that one job. So like Mm -hmm. she might have made more money than people that were in public housing but her dollar was stretched real thin because she had all these people to support Mm -hmm. so I feel like I always saw like my mom kind of struggling right like you how you in a corporate job and you still living paycheck to paycheck because you still got to support everybody else because like that onus of taking care of more than one people with the dollars that you make is just always something I've seen and so you know I feel like at a young age there was never this like you know, I always kind of heard, okay, you, we can't do certain things because my mom can't afford it, right? Mm-hmm. And it was always like 
somehow, some way, the stars aligned, God, God was there to provide a way through other people's money. So, <laughs> like, for example, I went to private school. I transferred into private school. The school was $30,000 a year. My mom was like, girl, you ain't going to I can't afford this. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's not even college. This is crazy. <laughs> right. And somehow I was able to like market or sell myself to get a scholarship to go to the school and have like a donor literally pay for my education in high school. Obviously, you know, I had put the work in to like be very self-aware at that time, but I was always kind of like the scholarship kid where mm-hmm. I was put in situations where like, my mom didn't have the money, but I was around people that had money mm. and grew up in money. And yep. so that, my relationship with money kind of comes from like, I've been around them kids who are filthy rich, who got elevators in, in their house and all that. Mm-hmm. And I've Come never on. been that. Like my mom always had the hoopty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And like, but there was always this sense of like, when we're together, like I'm just as smart, if not smarter than you. Mm-hmm. We have access to like the same thing because we're in the same institution. So I feel like, I my relationship with money is like I'm not obsessed with it but I'm also like I see the differences that it's had because I also have same experience when you brought up that whole thing about the shower that same thing happened mm-hmm. when I was coming back from basketball practice and like the water bill was cut off and my mom was like oh we're gonna go to the YMCA to have a family day when in reality we was going there to take a shower because the water cut off. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so like yeah the money and struggle was always kind of hidden within our family like as a kid I think my mom did a really great job of like ensuring I can still be a kid and not have to worry about that um but I will say like I I seen the differences and you notice those things as you're a child right like mm-hmm. you notice so and so got fresh sneakers and I got one pair of sneakers a year you know what I'm saying like <laughs> yep. over here swagged out and iced out in Jordans and I'm like I'm not wearing, I'm not icy like that because my mom can't afford that. You know what I'm saying? So right. that lack of, but I think early exposure in my life to seeing the rich kids and also like having family in the projects. Like I have such a range of what I've seen my entire right. life of like having, understanding both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Of like why people spend what they spend when they live in the hood you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying like and and i hate that people on the other side try to shame that because it's like you don't understand the cultural nuances that go on there and the same thing with rich people that just you know they have all the money in the world but they still can have the worst problems you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. or have the worst insecurities yeah so i've always been in this weird spot of like seeing both sides of the spectrum and being in the middle and being lacking and in some ways being sometimes like i was maybe the one on the, I played AAU basketball and it was times where like my mom was the one picking up other kids and feeding other kids. You know what I'm saying? Like making them feel like they were part of something because maybe they grew up in even worse conditions than we had. Mm -hmm. So like, I just feel like my role has always been like bridging the gap between both and this like wanting to advance ahead to build that generational wealth, but also never forgetting about my people that are on the other side yes and where you come from like that is critical and I think obviously when we're all telling these stories I mean if we really want to get technical about it it is just access and equity within our country and we already know we're waiting for our reparations so whenever they they're ready to send it out we'll be willing to take it um but I think all of us 
said something that stood out to me is that our parents never put this like burden or pressure on us. Yeah. But as children, we were aware. We yeah. were able to see. It wasn't like my mama was talking to me at the kitchen table about not having the money, but I'm seeing these transactions that she's making at the bank. I'm seeing that we have to move every other year. And I have friends that have stable homes because my yeah. mom is not in the in the place to buy a home. So learning about what is credit and why is credit so important. So it would just be like little things as a little girl where I was like, I'm going to have good credit when I'm older. I'm going to have a home so that like, I never have to move every year and I can have a stable place for where my children will grow up. And it, just because of the experience, it just talks about the power of our childhoods and how that influences what we want to do and what we want. And to your point, being these generational, you know, curse breakers so that when we have children, they might think, oh, we put, we set them up, but there could be things they feel like they're lacking that they're going to want to to the next generation. But I mean, it's just so crazy what we experienced at such young ages and still we are where we are today, learning from that and trying to be better. Yeah, like, I'll never forget, like, as you were talking, I thought of this other story of, like, I remember there was a time that uh, there's this organization called People to People where they, like, send student ambassadors, like, to different countries, right? And I was 11 years old, and I remember getting this letter saying that I could go to Europe and explore Europe and all this stuff. And I had this curiosity as a kid that, like, I, I read a lot, I knew a lot about the world, and I remember being, like, mom, like, I really want to go to this. Can we at least go to the orientation? We went to the orientation. They told us how much it would cost. And my mom was like, girl, <laughs> I don't know if, you, right, I don't know if you go. Go ahead and stay home. And, and, but at the same time, and she saw how much that crushed me. And instantly she was like, we gonna find a way. Mm-hmm. And she picked up two, three jobs, doing Avon, throwing newspapers. Like, she picked Avon. up all these sides. She picked up all these sides. Everybody mama did Avon. Right, I feel right. like, and then she also said to me, I remember her as 11 years old, she told me, you have to raise part of this money as well. And she made me write. I was a very good writer as a kid. So she made me write letters to local businesses and, and she would pull up and straight up make me go in and give a pitch and say, hey, I'm 11 years old. I go to this middle school and, you know, I'm interested in going to Europe and I'm fundraising for this. Um, I would love if you could sponsor me. And, you know, I'm 11 years old. You barely want to answer the phone and talk to adults. So I was nervous out of my mind. But my yeah. Mom, this is something you want. You put the work in and you go and get it and I'll help you with what I can. Mm. And through that, yo, I actually raised like over a thousand dollars. Like the pizza shop, the pharmacy, like all these different businesses was like helping me and like cutting checks. So they I got a sweet like spot for young kids. Yes, right. and, and I think like that. But not the baby. Money. He don't even want to give him no money for water. Girl. <laughs> Ooh, child, not the baby. Um, <laughs> is it canceled yet? But no, he. I feel like that just story is a good example of how like my money mindset works. Is like there's always going to be money out there and mm-hmm. people willing to support loans to be had. You know, money. There's money literally sitting everywhere. It's about how you actively go after it and put the work mm-hmm. in to try to like level up. Ashley, so I have a question for you. So um, we know that you're a founder CEO and you have Ashley Advising Agency. We'll be sure to plug and promote that at the end so you all can get your financial goals in order. But um, did you know that this was your passion going into college? I know you talked about your relationship with money growing up and, you know, coming from this place of lack, but what led to you wanting to pursue finance? And was it at first just maybe like, oh, I need a job? And, or was it like, I'm going into like college knowing that I want to be able to help my community as it relates to money and financial literacy? That's a good question because 
actually going into college, I was supposed to major in biomedical engineering. Mm, and that that interest stemmed from one, I was always really good at science, but also two, I knew people in the medical field made money. And I knew wow. I was not going to college to get a job that I wasn't going to pay. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And my, my whole college situation got flipped upside down. Long story short, I was supposed to go to a private institution that cost almost $60,000 a year. Couldn't afford it. Once again, that lack. And mm-hmm. ended up with full ride to um, the school that I went to. But, oh, um, a, right. Um, but a lot of what made me kind of interested in doing financial advising or even working in finance in general came from knowing that I would always have a job that secured the financial security that comes from being an accountant, being a financial whatever, Mm -hmm. um, as well as the medical field. But what deterred me from that was the amount of years in school and the loans that come with it, quite honestly. So that's kind of how like I narrowed down my college major. I started off as accounting um, and then kind of tailored over into finance and then um once I got my first job out of college and I realized like it's finance but it it just means something very different in the actual workplace I was like oh I can do this like at this point it's just about maintaining a job and performing which I've done all my life so Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of my interest came from that but then being in corporate America I I always felt and still to an extent um felt this feeling of how is this relevant to my people? Like mm-hmm. everybody where I come from or, you know, who are in Miami or in my hometown or just in the black community, like not everyone's in corporate America. Right. Right. How am I benefiting by clocking in every single day at this corporate job? How am I benefiting the places that I've come from? Mm-hmm. So um, Ashley's advising agency kind of stems from that, knowing that, I'm gaining so much knowledge as I'm living this life, uh, whether it's through the books or the experiences or the people that I'm meeting. But how, what good is it if it stays with me or in, in my right. head? So it's kind of a way that I can um, just bring back information to to my community. And you know, AAA is gonna continue to grow, and I want to be able to one day continue to speak at, at you know events and educate you know have curricula built into school district mm-hmm. and whatnot so that this yes. stuff is being taught yes at, at the levels that it matters like you got to get them when they're young for me yeah. I don't even know who gave me the you know the nudge or whatever but I picked up a book called rich dad poor dad for girl 12. I knew you were about you to say it. that literally girl. I don't know when I read it I don't know when I read it I don't know how I know I read it in like middle school high school but I really point the year Damn. yeah I don't know how I found it I don't know and, and there was this other book too oh this is a quick side story but Ponzi schemes I got caught up in one, one. Oh god trying to, trying to, you trying were to selling knives no 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 oh, they that got was, me you was doing they got me it was um dang what was the name it was a health one because I've always oh. been big on my health so I'm like they got me health and money oh like but, the, uh herbal life something like that I don't remember the name of it but it was like I don't know it was this health thing and I think and I was in the early days of high school I think that's what kind of triggered me to really like "Uh uh-uh let me pick up some books so there was Rich Dad Poor Dad for Teens and then this book called Campus CEO Mm -hmm. so I read those two books and that helped shape me and yeah a lot of it just stems from like learning all of this information knowing good and well I can't keep it all within me like 
I always felt like I've my life and just who I am have I'm a vessel and mm-hmm. the things that I'm learning, the experiences that I'm gaining, I have to do something with it. Yes. I can't, Come on, pay it. I can't just um, keep it. You just can't right, keep right. it because there's right. so like, many people that need it. If I take it to the grave, I didn't, I didn't do my purpose here. I didn't do yes, my purpose here on, like, on, on earth. So that's just been my biggest thing and like my biggest driver. And even like young kids, you got to get them young. And it's as simple as, oh, you made $10 at your lemonade stand. How much did you save? How much do you plan to spend? Like mm-hmm. literally okay. it starts with yeah. what are you doing with the money that you're getting? It doesn't have to be tens of thousands of dollars. What matters is how you spend the little, because when you get the big, it's all routine. It's discipline at that point. Yes. Yeah. I, oh my God. So many things. And that's, I'm a, I know, I feel like you were about to say something, but something I wanted to know is that a lot of us, when we go when we graduate from high school and we think about college we're either looking at like being a doctor being a lawyer or going into banking or something because we know that that is where the money is like these are the careers that our parents are what society deems is like having money but I feel like another part of what we don't talk about in our households or in our community is the power of entrepreneurship because that seems so risky but when you see a lot of these people um doing like real estate investing or flipping homes or like having these multiple streams of income, it's because they're doing entrepreneurial ventures outside of their corporate jobs because the reality of it is in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, we're not going to get to that level of financial freedom that we want working for the man every single day. So I think it's, you need multiple streams. So I think it's interesting that like we're constantly told, oh, go get a job and work, work, work. But that is, that's going to keep us in bondage and not being able to obtain, I believe that yes, you can get it through like your 401k and when you retire, you kind of work the job to your 65 but for us yes but but for us in our generation where we're like want to be work optional like I feel like there needs to be a shift also in how we think about entrepreneurship and these other jobs that are a little more risky are the things that require more knowledge around the ins and outs of money we need to start talking about that early too because that is not what's constantly pushed out it's like go to college get a job do that for sure not saying we should take it away but there needs to be more of a dialogue yes yeah i mean i think things are changing i would love to hear ashley's perspective but like i think things are changing as it relates to like our generation did not grow up you know thinking go ahead and be an entrepreneur because it's like we coming from households where money was you know a little shaky so you want something more stable whereas like now i think like these younger generations are like the generations after us entrepreneurship is now almost like being pushed a lot so i Mm -hmm. would love ashley if you could talk about that balance especially as you are you know a corporate entrepreneur whatever you know whatever they say of like you have a corporate job but you're an entrepreneur as well Mm -hmm. um can you just talk about that a little bit so I, I'm kind of caught in the middle on that one. And I think it's from a timing <laughs> perspective because I know the stability that these corporate jobs can give you financially. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's and very comfortable. All like, all, yeah, like you literally, and one thing I really loved, you show up, you clock your eight to 10 hours or whatever you're working and you go home and you leave work at work. Yep. The risk is minimal. The paychecks come consistently. It is what it is. But at the same time, and as I'm talking to like younger students and younger generations and they're like, I don't want to go to college. I don't, I want to start a business. I want to do this. I'm like, dang, I love the hustle. I love the aspiration, but it makes me nervous. Like I, I'm, I'm, it, it, 
I don't know, the risk or it's just something it's about risky. it makes me feel uncomfortable. It is risky, but the riskier, what's the saying? The more the risk, the better the, the better reward. reward. The better like reward. that, yeah. So I commend these younger students, but I'm trying to figure out, okay, I get your passion and your drive, not want to go to school X, Y, and Z, but how do I, you know, hold you accountable or keep you on track to make sure that happens? College is very easy. You pick your classes. Yeah. You do those classes, and after four years, you get a degree. That timeline and that kind of progression is very clear. Yeah. Entrepreneurship, it's Different. all on you. You yeah, know, you, you, nothing, you you don't get nothing. Yeah. And it's tough to, you, you have know, to be a hustler. Right. And if you're not born in it, sorry, baby, I can't teach you. Like, right. you know, and some right. students, some people will learn it in college. You'll learn the hustle or the discipline and the stuff. But if you're not going to college, you just got to have it. You got to figure it out. And, yeah, for me, I'm I'm caught in between the middle because like, yeah. Go ahead, Jay. No, 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 no go, go ahead, Ness. I no, wasn't no, gonna no. say anything. I, I agree. I was gonna say something, but I want her to finish. Yeah, I'm. My moral of the story is I'm just caught in the middle because if I, you know, if my child said, "Hey, ma, I don't think I want to go to college." I'm be like, okay, so what you finna do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we gonna have a plan right. for sure. Right, right. right. For and that sure. plan gotta be foolproof. It look, it gotta look like a four year curriculum. Like, yeah. what is yeah. the plan? What's the graduation date? Yeah. Correct. I I can't see it. Help me see it. But <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm not discouraging or or yes, taking away from that ambition. That a mm-hmm. lot of what you know these younger generations. That's that's really what it's about. Like, yep. Yep. Yeah. And I like, so, okay, I'm just, you hit it spot on. I'm somewhere in the middle where like, of course you're like, I hate working for the man and whatever. And like, you know, we need a revolution. We need to own our own stuff. I'm with all that, but I'm just kind of like, you got we know have. what it's like to live in struggle and I'm not trying to struggle forever. Right. And with entrepreneurship, it is a risk because they, I feel like our culture and our generation, like, glorifies entrepreneurship to a point where it's like you can't you know nine to five is for the for the birds whatever and it's all about owning your own stuff and doing your own stuff but it's like at the end of the day like you're still working all the time like that's still right but i think the conversation around ownership is like the wealth building through that right right and i get that but what i'm saying is a lot not more often than not, not you don't just like wake up one morning and your business is booming like you got to put hella sweat equity mad years of constant struggle to be able to get to a point where you're living a higher quality of life that you feel great with and I respect the hustle I know not to entrepreneurs because I'm trying to be one one day as well but it's just like I'm not willing to give up that stability that corporations offer because I know what it's like to struggle and I'm not trying to be back there and I think that's kind of what we're all trying to say yeah I think it's everybody's different there are some people that just have it in them like they are going to be serial entrepreneurs and they're going to get to the bag regardless there are some people that like the comfort like the comfort of corporate America I think you just got to know yourself but I think at the end of the day whether you're an entrepreneur or you're in corporate America you need to be making that money make more money in some capacity yeah like that's that's just what it is so if you want for us on this call I think we all want to be work optional and I don't want to be working until 70 like I'm not not trying away until then Uh -uh. I'm not I'm not I'm not so with that we're talking a lot about being work optional we want to retire early blah 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 miss financial advisor here could you speak to us a little bit about like what are some of the tangible things what are the that strategies? people should be doing? Obviously, you know, 
say what you feel is necessary because this is not a paid opportunity <laughs> right now. But like what when we talk about, oh, investing, or we're talking about stocks, we're talking about real estate. What can people do like at a high level when they start to think about how can I start to have multiple streams of income? What are some tangible things or maybe some tangible things that you have done to set yourself up for future success? Yeah. Um, and this free game, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing after you've already mastered the whole budgeting and saving and understanding what to do with money, um, it comes down to essentially the flip. How do you flip this money? Not ne- and, and people have different methodologies and, and ways about doing this. There's the stocks, the real estate, the, you know, starting your own business, all of that. I think those are all viable options, but you have to do what works for you. So mm-hmm. for me, for example, I'm uncomfortable with the stock market. I treat stocks and investing in stocks as, Long-term. all right, that's lost money. Like if I take money out of my pocket, it's if I gamble. take- Right. If I take $500 out of my pocket and invest it into, you know, stocks or a specific company or whatnot, in my mind, I've lost that money. Now, whatever happens beyond that point is a win. If I come back with $550, I won. If I lose that money, it's okay because mentally I didn't plan for it to come back. Mm -hmm. That's how I approach the stock market just because it's a gamble. We've seen, you know, stock market crashes. We've seen what happened with COVID. You never really know. Now, on the other hand, the stock market could be a nice little flip if you are watching the market. And, and, and that's another thing that takes a lot of mental energy. Time, to yeah, yeah. So, again, it's about personal preference. My favorite, newfound favorite, has become real estate. Yes. Talk about I, I, I'm just trying to figure out why I didn't know. I know. It, so, We're talking to like, homeowners here, okay? I'm expensive <laughs> market. The time is coming. But I just wanted to disclaimer and say Jay and Ash are some home-owning women. <laughs> now, and, and, and this is another money thing. And, you know, don't get me wrong. This last year and a half, two years was terrible for a lot of people. At the same time, a lot of people who were financially prepared were able to take advantage of what mm-hmm. happened this past year and a half. Stock market moves interest rate dropping as low as they have mm-hmm. and i think um like for me a large part of what allowed me to buy a home was just having the money readily available and the information you know ready to take the information but anyways back to your original question jamie and why i like real estate i want to put you guys on to this thing it's called house hacking mm-hmm. i don't know if you've heard it before essentially what happens is you buy a property it could be a regular, you know, standalone home, uh, multifamily, which is like a duplex, triplex, you know, multiple doors. You buy it and you rent it out to other people while you're living there. So if you're thinking about like a duplex, which is two doors, you would live in one half and you'd rent out the other half. And essentially the money you're making from rent will likely pay all or most of your Your mortgage. mortgage. So what that does and why I'm just like, dang, why does why why are we not talking about this? Yep. What that does is not only are you making more money with the income that comes from rent, you are spending less money because mm-hmm. you no longer have rent. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I try to preach to a lot of people. It's not about always making more, making more, making more. Sometimes making what you less, have work right. harder. Yeah. Exactly. Sometimes Live spending less is just as powerful. Yeah. You yeah. Can make more, 
spend less. And quite honestly, spending less is an easier achievement versus yep. trying to find another source of income. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of lost my train of thought. But yeah, house hacking in terms of, you know, real estate and ways of flipping your money, gaining equity over a long time. Um, it's a it's a great thing and you can look it up on YouTube. There's a thousand and one videos, videos um, about the concept in and of itself. And even if you own like a single family home, you can rent out specific rooms um, and just make up a portion of the rent or your mortgage that way as well. But yeah, I mean, it's all about your comfort level. Another way you can make money is starting a business, you know, save up a certain amount and use that to invest into a clothing line that you're passionate about, or, Mm -hmm. you know, a consulting business, whatever the case may be. My biggest thing with starting a business is although it's for money, don't do it for the love of money. Make sure it's Mm -hmm. something you're passionate passionate about, because that's where you get the opportunity to make it more than just a business. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you keep it so. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. If I love to you know, design shoes or whatever, and I make a business doing custom shoes. Now I'm having fun while making money versus if I hate, you know, reading or writing and I go into article writing, (laughs) I feel like I'm back in school doing homework that I don't want to do. Now it's a chore and I'm making no money because I'm probably not going to be good at it. So, right. Yeah. That's my biggest thing when it comes to kind of flipping money, making your money work for itself. Yeah. I have a question for you. That was a really good response. I have a question for you because you just dropped hella free game. So shout out to you, Ash. And we're going to uh-huh. plug that business at the end, right. as we're I said. So y'all go on well, over and get a consultation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my question to you is, uh, what are some mistakes you think a lot of people in our community make around money? Whether it's like mistakes in general, new money mistake. Like, talk about some mistakes. Not like, sticking to your money. budget. <laughs> right. Not but having just, a budget. Whoop. Talk about it. Woo. Just let's, I just want to hear from you, especially because, again, you've had a couple clients and like you, you've been doing this for a while. Um, what are some mistakes that you've seen within our community? Yeah, I think the first thing is the lack of a budget. It's like that ignorance is bliss. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if I don't, I don't know if you don't have a plan, then I guess it'll the plan will create itself, that thought process. And that's really not how it works. Let me tell you something. Every time I get paid, not even when I get paid, every time any lump sum of money comes in the door, I pull out a little notebook, I write down the number, and I write every single place that that is going to. Even if I'm about to blow it all on a new bag or on a trip or something, I'm going to write it down. Because what I'm not going to do is allow money to come into my account, and I create this mindset of, oh, I got it. And I swipe, 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 mm-hmm. and now I've overspent. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in the red. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Damn. Right. So that's the first thing, not having a budget. And it's, the, the budget in and it of itself just opens up so much for you to understand your finances. Um, so that's the baseline, but I think in our community specifically, y'all can get mad if you won't, but I feel like we get too caught up with the Joneses. Oh, of mm-hmm. course, honey. Period. That... Period. We want to have the Birkin bags. Let me tell you something. You I ain't got Birkin bag money. Get you one good bag and call it a day. Granted, right. if you like bags, that's your thing, but don't like, we've gotten so focused on one and this and one and that and one and this and one and that and it's like for the gram and I feel like people are doing all of this just to show it off on social media like some people don't care they probably not even gonna like your picture let's let's talk about it that's that's been my biggest thing we care too much about the flex 
and not much. enough. And about... that flex is getting you in debt. Right. <laughs> Flexing your ass in debt. Okay. <laughs> how, how you how you finance that trip to Cabo? That's what I really want to know. Ooh, I really be wow. like, y'all really have a lot of money. Like, I don't know what I don't be clocking people's pockets, but I'm like, I feel like I have a pretty good job and I feel like I do a good job about saving and stuff. And but I don't be buying the stuff y'all be buying. I feel like y'all don't have. I just, I don't know. Maybe you got some multiple streams that I don't know about, but I just feel a little confused. I'm like, how are you wearing Gucci every day? Yeah. Ooh, let me go work at your job. But it's an illusion. <laughs> that that's like, you're right, though. In our community, it's like keeping up with the Joneses, like, you know what I'm saying? Like being iced out all the time. And it's like, not to be in people's pockets. You, you know, it's nice to have good things, but it's like. Right. And you can, but you make a plan for those things. Don't mm-hmm. break. Don't overindulge just for the sake of. Because, like, for me, my thing is travel. I'm going to spend a nice pretty, uh, a pretty penny on some travel. Period. I will put my money on the things I value. Right. Now, don't exactly. count that travel budget. You, I might not spend $1,500 on a Louis bag, but I will spend $1,500 on a trip. Right. And that's right. all you, you need to know. Experiences are priceless. Like Experiences are priceless. And I feel like spend your money how you want to spend your money, but you cannot be preaching about like financial freedom and you're not you're not setting yourself up to obtain that because you have right. terrible spending, saving, budgeting habits. It's just not right. gonna happen overnight. It takes Correct. discipline. It takes honestly to become financially literate is discipline and education, period, point blank. And then once you have that education, what are you doing with it? And being disciplined about it for me, for me. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm no, not an advisor. I agree a thousand percent. <laughs> I think like, honestly though, there's another side of the story. Like at least I know people who have a very toxic relationship with money where it's like, they don't spend at all. They're super stingy. And they're, like you know what I'm saying? And it's no, I've met people even worse. Jay. I like, can be like that because I just be like, uh, like again, it's around vibe. I just had to break that. I call it the poverty mentality. Like, mm-hmm. I would go to the grocery store. I had to, I had to ask for forgiveness on this. I would go to the grocery <laughs> store and not buy avocados because they was two for three. And I know I wanted to make something with avocados that night. Oh, no, like, I wasn't that. I wasn't was like that. It was bad. And my, my fiance actually got on me, and that's what's helped me, like, kind of get better about it. But that whole poverty mindset of, like, Oh yeah. My god. Oh my god, yeah. I gotta watch my money because you know one day I could not have it to the point yeah. when I was telling I think I was telling you this Ness before we started this, but like I almost thought about not having a wedding because I'm like, dang, we got it, but do I want to spend it here? Like, you know, it's just like <laughs> yeah. it's how often fear. how often do you check your bank account? Girl, every day. Same, like I am just like I know I got a budget, I know I'm tracking it, but let me just make sure nothing that came out. I'm just constantly I'm really just checking for fraud. I need to make sure. <laughs> You know, my money ain't going nowhere that I didn't spend. But I just feel like I have that unhealthy relationship where I'm just like, I could randomly be doing something, but I'm opening my Wells Fargo app because it's just like, I just want to make sure that everything is where it's supposed to be still there. But I just, uh, I know we're getting, um, we're coming up to close, but I want to share this last story. And I would say this is really the one thing that truly influenced me to rethink about money. So, I didn't re-reach that poor dad until this year and I'm 26 years old. So that's crazy. And I think my eyes kind of opened more going through the home buying process. But when I was 18 years old, my father passed away when I was a little girl and um, he was in the military. So when I turned 18, I um, got a lump sum of money. I am so ashamed to say that at 26 years old, I don't have any of that money anymore. And it wasn't because I was 
irresponsible. It wasn't like I was buying all of this, like not all these nice things. It was one, I was going to college. My mama didn't have a college fund. So one, I had to support myself. I had to buy my own car, just little things like that. But at no point, because we talk about the lack of financial education, I didn't do anything with that lump sum of money. I didn't go buy properties. I didn't go invested in anything. I just had it sitting in an account and like just pulling from it, pulling from it. And now that I'm older, I'm like, if I knew what I knew back then at 18, girl, I could, I would be work optional now because I would have, I would have really done a lot with that money. So I feel like it's kind of been this internal passion of mine to just make my dad proud by making all that money back and doing it over like saving back up to that point and just starting back over at 18 with all the knowledge I have now because I know that my dad didn't want that for me but I was 18 my mama didn't know a lot about money it was just like oh she got all this money and like I said I wasn't spending it on the Gucci and the Louis I wasn't even going on trips but I was maintaining just living my life (laughs) not doing anything with that money so that just goes to say you could have a lot more in 10 years if you just make small changes right now today i love that so that's sorry i just oh that makes me so sad to think about i want to throw up i'm gonna tell y'all the amount when we hop off the call but you have i think this is the thing like we're talking about this now and you have that understanding of what it is and you know you about to get there because like Sis, you only 26, sweetie. You got a whole life to live, more money to make. There's money to be made. Yeah, so there is. I just, I just think like it's so important that we have these conversations because it's so taboo to talk about finances. It's so taboo to talk about what we make. It's so taboo to talk about all these things. And it's just like ridiculous because I'm like, I don't think these white people keeping it that much of a secret amongst themselves. And <laughs> it just sucks because, you know, like for me, like I had to make a significant move recently um because i'm like i'm not being paid what i'm worth and i know it's money out there and it's people that you know you could have a conversation with somebody in 15 minutes and they could offer you way more than you know what somebody you've been rocking with for years has so i think like a lot of decisions that we make are based off money Mm-hmm. and you know I'm kind of now stepping into having all this knowledge but then actually acting on it because I think another thing is like our generation is probably one of the first that actually has the knowledge now but it can become overwhelming like it's overwhelming yeah. to know like you you gotta have multiple streams of income you know you gotta know about all the stock markets you gotta know every single rule to real estate you also gotta it's have three side hustles you also gotta work your nine to five like, it's and I'm like um I'm deleting Instagram because it's it's every day y'all talking about getting into this bag and I can't take it I can't like, I'm tired I'm literally tired, yeah. so I want my money to make money, but I'm tired, and it's <laughs> a lot of information, and I'm trying to figure it out. So all that being said, and, and my thing is, you know, I'm, I think we're all in a very blessed position where, like, I'm about to be more make, making more money than my parents. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's just a blessing. So with all that being said, Ashley, I want you to plug your business and your services right now because the people need to know. And, like... <laughs> You are just also a genuine person. I think it's intimidating to also talk to like financial advisors and people who yeah. don't look like you because you're like, damn, are you trying to scam me? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so can you please plug and talk about your business and services that you offer 
and um, how people can get connected to you. Of course. Um, so I think the easiest way to get in contact with me would be through email, Ashley at Ashley Advising Agency. Um, and we do spell Ashley because you know it's multiple ways to spell Ashley. We spell it the right way. A S H L E Y. A-S-H-L-E-Y-A-D-V-I-S-I-N-G-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. Ashley yeah, Advising Agency. Triple A, baby. Triple A. A-A-A. Yes, that's from, um, oh, the show on Netflix. Oh, oh, never mind. Okay. Don't take my black card. But yeah, you guys can email me, um, I do one-on-one consultations with, you know, individuals and even small focused on really developing your financial plan. Um, And when it comes to financial businesses or small businesses, I also do kind of business strategy development um, along with those financial plans. So you can email me. Uh, We're doing some rebranding on Instagram. So you can find me at Ashley Advising Agency on Instagram. Um, yeah, my website, Ashley Advising, and literally everything is Ashley Advising Agency. Feel free to email it, uh, Instagram it, website it. It's all on there. Um, yeah. Check her out, y'all. Check her out. And your specialty is? My specialty is everything about the money. You know, we just talk about making the money accessible. What to do with it, how to get it, specific to you. That's what makes it, you know, that's the kicker right there. Because you can get individualized plans. Yeah, you can get the information from everywhere, but what's going to work for you? For you. Um, So, yeah, so that's the focus. And, yeah. Well, that's it. Y'all heard it here first. We have Miss founder and CEO, Ashley Advising Agency. For real, y'all, check her out. If you're just trying to figure out, like, what I need to do with my budget, if I I have some extra money, what should I be doing with it? You want to learn a little bit more about freaking house hacking. I don't know if you do that, but maybe she'll help you with that too. Um, Reach out to her, follow her on social, email her, check her website out. And while you're doing that, if you haven't subscribed to Out of Office, you better do that too. Follow us at OOO underscore OOO after work. Make sure you subscribe and continue to stay engaged with our social media for all upcoming updates. Um, But until next time. Until next time, Saints. Bye. Bye, y'all.